This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the show. As I just as I just mentioned to Cameron, who's a filling in as producer of the show, I've been keeping my mouth shut as far as blog posts and, and tweets and things about um, – Robin Williams and his karmic profile and talking about that. Um, I have been uh, blogging about some free resources to do with healing suicide, understanding that from the soul's perspective, um, which I've channeled um, under two years ago. And I promoted it quite a lot then, um, including I went through and listened to the 68-minute MP3 and transcribed it. So um, the MP3 is available free through my site. You can go to my, my blog uh, tdjacobs.com forward slash blog and find that um, the free mp3 as well as the transcription is free. If you're somebody who's um, in love with Kindle, it's also available for the minimum price uh, in Kindle. So you can also do it, do it that way. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to do this karmic profile. I'm excited to, this is kind of weird, but I'm excited to talk about suicide. I'm excited to talk about healing suicide and understanding more about that from the soul's perspective. Um, that healing suicide, um, I guess PDF or ebook and the MP3, these are channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, who was also known as Thoth and Saint Germain and Merlin. Of uh, Saint Germain, one of his faces is the keeper or the guardian of the violet flame of forgiveness. And so no matter what Judy is talking about, he's offering us a perspective that can open the door to understanding something and having compassion and healing grief. So I know that uh, Robin Williams' suicide has brought up a lot for people about suicide, whether you know the notion, the idea, uh, for some a past life memory, uh, and for others a family member or a friend or being affected by, uh, for example, uh, you know, as it happens, a, a beloved public figure who does this. So, so this is a big thing for us, and, and I think that um, as will become clear as I do this profile and share with you what it means to have Pluto conjunct the midheaven, you know, one way as as uh, Williams uh, did. Um, you'll understand that his death actually also serves the collective in bringing up issues about suicide and depression and despair and grief and pain. So, uh, so you know, this is not a lighthearted show, uh, but I'm thrilled to be doing it. I really love teaching about this stuff and sharing with you all these perspectives. So thanks for joining me. And if, you, uh, if you're if you just uh, tuning in now, know that you can subscribe through iTunes uh, to the podcast. And uh, also this is... Uh, Soul's Journey is now also available through uh, Player FM and Stitcher, so you can check that stuff out too. I wanted to do some um, announcements first, and uh, including a brief recap or overview of almost two weeks of daily energy work that I've been doing uh, for the last little bit, and then I'm going to talk about uh, some transits in the sky right now before we jump into uh, Robin Williams' chart. The daily energy work 
today was day 13. I'm still in that space. So, you, you know, I feel like I'm a little, like my energy is a little smoothed over. I'm a little calmer. You know, maybe my, um, maybe my voice is a little more dulcet than usual. I don't know. But, but it's, um, it's not because of the somber material that we're going to be talking about and talking about depression and, and grief and all that and, and, and suicide. It's really because, um, just an hour ago, I was channeling Jehudi and Metatron and doing energy work for two dozen people on a conference call for 20 minutes. And I'm doing that every day this month. And, uh, it's a, it's an affordable sliding scale with no commitment. It's five to 10 bucks per call. And there's no commitment, no RSVP, no minimum. I want you to call in as often as you can, often as it works for you during the month. And if you try it once, uh, it's a very, very small investment, you know, that you pay me in September. We're going to work that out later. But every day, grounding, getting connected to guides, calling your guides in and asking for their help and helping remove blocks to you having their support and help. Um, connecting to the earth as part of that grounding process and clearing energies out that don't work for you. And every day is different. And my life has changed over the last uh, three weeks now because my prep started about a week before the first call on August 1st. I'm getting amazing comments from people. You can check out my blog to, and Facebook actually too. Uh, I've been putting comments up that people have sent me. People are changing their lives through doing this call 20 minutes a day. Even people who are doing it like five days a week are having amazing benefits. So I want you to do that. I want you to check that out every day at 6 p.m. Pacific for 20 minutes, 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, check your check your time zone. See where you are. But 6 p.m. Pacific and uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I will be doing another one in a future month, either at a different time of day and or either and or. I don't know if that works, but uh, or I'll be making a kind of a package deal where you can get the recordings as well. That's not happening this month. I want to encourage participation in a live call. So it's going really well. I've done six videos after the previous 12 days. So just, you know, maybe on average every other day. I'm not doing that tonight because I'm doing this little couple minute overview wrap up um, uh, tonight. But but on YouTube, there are six videos about my experiences preparing for this hanging out with Metatron, who is incredibly uh, powerfully transformative. And he just holds this unwavering vision of you as an empowered being, making the right choices at the right times, not being distracted with silliness, self-doubt, fear, sabotage, self-sabotage, and just holding that frequency. So I've been hanging out with him daily for three weeks, and it's been um, it's been quite a thing. So check out those videos on YouTube to uh, to get a sense of uh, what that experience has been like. And I also give some context for how to work with guides because every day on these calls, we're asking you to call your guides in and be willing to open up to receive what guidance they have to offer. And uh, yeah, it's really an amazing thing. And the energy work, people are having things move out of their bodies where something will hurt for a day or they'll have a digestion issue for a day and then it's gone and they feel lighter. It's, you know, my linear logical mind says this is science fiction and how could it possibly work? But I have this proof every day in my life and, uh, and as, and also with all the people who are, who are writing me now after they've had a few days of doing it, I'm getting a lot of feedback and it's, it's really wonderful. So as I mentioned, the payment works out at the end of the month. We're going to communicate. You're going to tell me how many days you participated in and then you're going to decide where on the sliding scale 
you fit, and then we're going to do a little multiplication, a little math together, and then you're going to pay that fee. It's that easy. And I'm really excited to make it very affordable to open it up to many, many people. So if you know somebody who needs some energy work, who needs some support, who needs some help transitioning out of being dominated or overtaken or overwhelmed by fear, this is for them. And if you're feeling that way, this is this is for you. So you can get all the info on that at tdjacobs.com. That's basically my my announcement. Um, I'm I'm uh, so happy to be doing it. It when I read the emails from people who talk about their relationships getting cleaned up and finally saying that thing to that person and and feeling, you know, that you know he or she can own his or her choices without shame. This makes me cry. I'm not I'm not kidding or trying to be melodramatic. I read these emails and I cry. And uh, so I'm really I'm really happy to be doing this, and I want to share this with as many people as possible. So all that info is at tdjacobs.com. Regarding uh, some transits, I um, I want to talk a little bit about um, Venus now in Leo. Now it's creeping up to uh, conjunct Jupiter. That's exact on August 18th at 7 Leo. And then right after that, it's it begins a square to Mars and Saturn who are together, which are together in Scorpio, and that's going to be exact at August 26th. So basically now, for a little over a week, we're having this, um, or uh, maybe 10 days, we're having this Venus and Jupiter, thought of as you know the greater benefics, thought of as these great gift givers, they're all about joy and pleasure and opportunity and luck and wonderful things and comfort, and that's in Leo, so there's this element of needing to play need to express the self and create something that expresses your unique or reflects your unique individuality. But now Mars is coming up to Saturn and Scorpio. And so there's this – and the square is always about power struggles. So there's something that's true that is going to modify or modulate or give perspective to what you're trying to create and enjoy. It could be a reality check about practical concerns. It could also be um, even a power struggle within you or between you and somebody else about what's more important, the truth and what needs to be done or what I'm feeling and my desire to enjoy myself. Because we're talking about Venus in the mix and in Leo, it, there's an element of I really want you to see who I truly am. And I really want to celebrate me with you and you with me and us together. And there's this, there's this element of that with Venus and Leo. Playfulness, sensuality even, attractiveness, uh, dancing. But then Mars and Saturn and Scorpio is, uh, is that thing that's really intense and serious. And Mars and Saturn and Scorpio will say, you can't escape the truth of this thing that is probably very heavy. So it's kind of a kind of a thing about playfulness. In a fixed sign, Leo, and uh, joy and expression and togetherness, fixed, but uh, through a fixed sign in Leo, this is what I want, and this is what I'm going to do. And the square is to uh, Mars and Saturn in another fixed sign, Scorpio, which is about seeing through, um, seeing through pettiness, seeing through illusion, hopefully oriented towards what's really true and what really needs to happen. So if you find yourself feeling joyful – in one moment, and then in the next moment, over the next uh, few weeks, raining on your parade. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. 
uh, can I, can I enjoy it? Can I enjoy, wait, what can I, can I just enjoy this? And then the answer from within, you don't deserve to enjoy this or you don't deserve to enjoy anything or you haven't done your chores. Well, however that may be phrased for you, but you haven't done this yet. So how can you expect to take that time and be so selfish? That also may come out between people between you and others in indirect, you know, passive aggressive ways or direct ways where fire, you know, gets heated up. We're talking about Mars and Scorpio square Venus and Leo. It's a lot of, um, it's a lot of fire energy and, and passion. Uh, if you can see how to funnel frustration and anger into passion and creativity and even sexuality, sensuality, then you can do something really, uh, really good with this. But keep in mind that a default, Maybe frustration because of the square. So just be aware of that. So that's what I, that's what that's what I wanted to uh, to share with you and talk about. It's like Venus and, and Jupiter together. Oh, this is great. Hey, this is great. Hey, the next day it's even greater. Hey, it's even greater. And then this like thing that's this huge thing where where the elephant in the room is kind of a um you know an undeniable truth or kind of a hard-edged kind of fascist energy, <laughs> Mars, Saturn, and Scorpio squaring the playful planet. So, so anyway, that's, uh, I'm finding that kind of interesting. I'm excited to see, uh, to see what transpires, but, uh, I'm going to be doing everything possible to be grounded enough to respond and not react. <laughs> that's a, that's a big deal here. It's a big deal here. When you're, when you're grounded, you can see how you want to behave. How you want to respond versus feeling, um, you know, that you have to defend yourself or you have to be on the offensive in order to uh, preemptively defend yourself or something like that. So that's the transit talk. That's uh, that's that for today. Um, uh, I offer a monthly service if you're not aware of that, uh, the subscription service, and and I do um, well over an hour of MP3s and videos every month on stuff like this, going really in depth into all these things. And this is this is probably uh, uh, maybe half as in depth as I as I went uh, for the subscribers. So uh, on that on that issue, but there's also everything about the sun's transit and other ingresses and aspect patterns and retrogrades, and really giving you a user's manual for for the month every month. So you can check that out at tdjacobs.com. And uh, I love doing those things. I um, started with that structure. When Saturn was uh, approaching my son and uh, sitting on my, my Scorpio son in the second house, and I realized that structure regarding what I do, my skills and my values, you know, uh, get that going, um, was needed. And so at the same time, I started doing the crystals, the charged tiger iron, and now also charged red jaspers in there. And, uh, and the, the subscription service was born in uh, December with the uh, winter solstice, and I, and, I, and I love doing it every month. It, it uh, makes my Neptunian brain more aware of the details every month. And so instead of needing to always look something up and I, oh, I wonder oh, how quickly Venus is moving through blah, 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 or when is that aspect exact? Every month I make notes and I talk about this and, and kind of paint pictures for, the, for my subscribers. And so I have that at, uh, you know, ready to use, uh, ready to access, and I, I really enjoy doing that. And the subscribers love it, too. There's a ton of info that comes out every month. So um, I'm going to take my first break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Robin Williams' chart. I'm the Tom Jacobs. This is A Soul's Journey, and I'll be right back.
The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book, Jehudi Speaks, offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey. Uh, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel, and you're going to hear as we explore uh, the chart of Robin Williams and talking about his life and, and uh, suicide, uh, you're going to hear a mix of evolutionary astrology perspectives with those that I've channeled and that I work with. Um, for your reference, uh, regarding the way I analyze charts, the Soul's Journey trilogy of books are the resources to go to. There are three volumes. Obviously, a trilogy means there are three of them. Uh, and then also two channeled books, uh, Understanding Loss and Death, and Conscious Living, Conscious Dying. So those are the resources that that uh, you should be aware of. And also Healing Suicide, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. Uh, and that PDF is free on my site and uh, very cheap in Kindle. And the MP3. Actually, regarding that, um, I want you to get the MP3 and the PDF. Like, I want you to read it, and then I also want you to, at a different point in time, listen to it. The way you receive the vibration uh, and the way you hear things when it's channeled verbally or, or you know, in an audio way – Channeled in an audio way. Yeah, verbally, I guess is the better way to say it. Um, that will affect you differently. That will activate certain consciousness pathways that will stimulate things. And then when you read it, and of course it's edited and it has punctuation and you know everything's been worked on uh, and certain things are emphasized, then you read it in a different way. So I want you, if you're interested in that and, and interested in passing it on to people, send them the links to both, uh, the PDF and the MP3. I listened to part of the mp3 uh last night uh with my girlfriend who had been listening to it and um uh it, she said it's the most powerful thing I've, I've channeled to date and that's kind of saying a lot because i've done a lot of really cool stuff um and uh when i was channeling it my jaw kept dropping and Judy was commenting on that during the uh <laughs> during the thing so so it's really really important about understanding the effects on the soul and um i'll just give you one idea uh one kind of nugget from it that the soul cannot be damaged no matter what we do to ourselves because the soul is divine consciousness. The soul is um, divine love. And the soul, 
observes our human choices and doesn't judge. So you can't damage your soul no matter what you do to yourself. You can imprint and damage or imprint and leave some marks on your emotional body and carry things that are painful and that inspire fear and self-judgment and self-hatred, but you cannot damage your soul. And uh, so it's just a distinction that I try to be clear with because a lot of people talk about soul and a lot of people in astrology are being drawn to talk about soul, but in the end – um, given the perspectives that, that I've been working with, uh, channeling with a bunch of different beings, including the spirits of dead people who have gone through orientation, uh, after they've died, you know, gone, gone to the light, so to speak, and then come back to help us, uh, guide us and help us understand things. Um, soul is different than the emotional body. So anyway, so let me give you, uh, let me give you Robin Williams's birth data, July 21st, 1951, 1951. 1.34 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois, here in the U.S. When I do a karmic analysis like this, I always start with Pluto. And this uh, small planet that's been uh, labeled in the last few years by astronomers, by the International Astronomical Union as a dwarf planet, uh, represents, in the way I do astrology, as the empowerment journey a soul intends its humans to undergo. So how can I be strong? How can I be confident? How can I believe in myself? How can I access deep passion? How can I make life worth living? And how can I, you know, feel that my life is worth something? These are some, these are very often Pluto issues. The empowerment journey of the soul, uh, that the soul intends that you go through involves disempowerment, having things taken away from you, losing things. You know, um, thinking highly of yourself and then having something happen that, that plunges your opinion of yourself into the gutter. It also involves powerlessness, the feeling that perhaps you can't change something. So the Pluto uh, in, in, in any chart for me represents this wildly complex and multi-layered, multi-valent situation that has to do with our emotions about confidence, power, and strength. So uh, Williams' Pluto is in Leo in the ninth house four degrees from the midheaven. So it's in the ninth, but we're going to read it as in the ninth and the tenth. And I'm really emphasizing uh, today the conjunction to the midheaven and also uh, Mercury being right on the midheaven just uh, from the ninth and Pluto being with Mercury. So um, Pluto on the midheaven is about becoming a symbol of Pluto for other people. Like anything that you have conjunct your midheaven and anything, in fact, in your tenth house involves being a symbol for something, a symbol of something for others, for community, uh, or, or, you know, and scale is relative when I say community. So in Williams's case, uh, become, he becomes incredibly famous. He becomes one of the most popular entertainers, uh, you know, on, on the planet. Uh, you know, a lot of people know who he is all over the globe. And, and he's part of that, you know, export of American culture. He's like part and parcel of that for decades, you know, between comedy and acting, uh, in, in various projects. So Pluto on the Midheaven is, is, uh, is a way of saying that he, his soul intends that he become empowered to figure out becoming empowered, which includes sometimes feeling powerless through developing a public self. Uh, through expressing ambition and through being in the world and being known as somebody who does that thing, that person who does that thing. Maybe not really being known well, but having a place in the community and being uh, appreciated in some way 
fame fits here. Not everybody with 10th house placements or put on the 10th will be famous, but they'll be known for something. Uh, but also infamy is part of this. You know, being um, despised and hated by a community is still being well known by that community. So, uh, so Pluto is in Leo, and this is about expression, joy, creativity, fun, playfulness. And uh, so it's very obvious, you know, not every comedian has Pluto in Leo. <laughs> uh, these are the births, by the way, from about 1937-1938 up to 1957-58. There's a little there's a little fudge factor on each side because of retrograde periods, uh, but basically those 20 years worth of births, all those people have Pluto in Leo, and they need to learn how to express their playful side how to express an opinion, how to uh, um, enjoy things, how to be celebrated. And sometimes people with Pluto and Leo need attention. And this is a normal thing. Like with the rest of us, you know, everybody else with Pluto and any other sign can say, um, why do they need attention? What's the problem? Isn't that narcissism? Isn't that egomania? Um, obviously, he turned that, you know, that kind of um, – way of being into a job as a comedian, you know, frenetic, um, you know, frenetic, like being the center of attention, always being a little head, a little head of the game, a little head of the curve, um, keeping people on their toes, always surprising, like, like that's part of, that's part of that energy. Um, and, but yeah, people who Pluto and Leo need to be validated. Now, essentially they need to validate themselves but in a situation like this in a placement where it's near the midheaven it's going to the person's going to seek validation from from a public from others uh it's you know again it's not to say egomania or narcissism um you know we get really obsessed with psychological terms you know that we can go look up on our home copies of the dsm-5 and like uh obsess over what's wrong with that person or and or our mother and father um but when it comes down to it this soul's journey is about the need to express itself and be seen as a Leo figure. It's with Mercury. So the, the, this, uh, you know, intellect, communication, language is added in here. And, um, I remember being a kid and watching interviews with him where the, the interviewer couldn't get a straight answer out of him because he was constantly, um, uh, mimicking and aping and going, you know, rapid fire word association and, and, you know, I was even doing some, some research before the show on, um, what some interviewers, how they experienced that. And I read one thing where he was, um, where he was, he was doing that even in his, you know, late fifties where he was, he was doing that as kind of, it's not intentionally being evasive. It's being constantly playful to an extreme. And that's Mercury Leo. Uh, Mercury and Leo with Pluto and Leo. Um, so being well-known for that, being well-known for Mercury, Mercury being the planet of communication, the most elevated planet in his chart, it's right on the midheaven, a quarter of a degree away. And uh, so that's that's the, the Pluto story wrapped up with Mercury. Now, it, you know, being a clever person, being a smart person, being curious. Um, and the other side of this is that Pluto... Because it represents such a, a deep thing that uh, we experience in many, many lives, this notion of strength or the lack of it, right? You know, the, the feeling of confidence that leads to self-empowerment or the feeling of powerlessness, you know, and a dearth of confidence, um, that is deeply rooted into our emotional body. And so that Mercury's here also reflects that the way he communicates will be a strategy Toward dealing with or covering over the, the deeper, deeper stuff, which, which, 
the last uh, article that I read, the last um, article that I read about an interview with him, it's kind of an interesting thing, uh, talked about that and how, it, you know, almost it seemed like he, and this was, uh, the interview happened uh, four years ago, so when he was 59, uh, when Williams was 59, and the sense that that verbal play was almost ready, like it almost looked like it was going to give way to something true, you know, something real and emotional. And he was promoting a film and the interviewer expected not to get anything personal because many celebrities who are doing these, um, these, uh, media tours with all the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the whole press tour thing, the press get thing, um, don't want to talk about the personal lives. But he went into it. He talked about his addiction issues. He talked about uh, some relationship issues and his heart surgery and, you know, all these different things. And he did get very personal. And, um, you know, Mercury-Pluto people can speak about very deep things if they let themselves. If they're ashamed about Pluto stuff within them, which has to do a lot with fears and uh, ugly emotions and things like that, uh, then Mercury might be used to cover over and distract. And so, you know, looking at this earlier stuff uh, from not 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 material but interview kind of stuff, where he may seem evasive in certain ways, but it's covering over something really deep and intense. And as he aged, that was coming out more. He was willing to talk about that more. And that's Pluto progress, being willing to to feel those things and and not being not being ashamed of what is in you, what is happening, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the south node of the moon. This is always a second step in my analysis. South node's in the 10th house. So Pluto's near the midheaven, and south node is in the 10th. That's two karmic indicators so far of public life, of being well-known by others or at least seen from the outside and not perhaps known uh, intimately. It's in Virgo, so there's the analytical ability that's strong. Venus is here, and um, and what what this what the South Node has to do with is a kind of conditioning environments our souls choose for us in many lives. And again, all of this is spelled out in the Soul's Journey trilogy. Start with the first volume, and then there's uh, expansions and variations in the second and third volumes, uh, with a lot of examples to bring things to life. Um, but the South Node in the tenth house says, "I'm coming from a family that is somehow defined by work." or status, or achievement in the world. Um, with Venus here, it can be um, creativity in many, many lives. It can be money or the lack of it. It can be an emphasis on the importance of relationships. It can be about the value system and having strong principles. Um, and um, But in a bunch of lives, he's saturated with Venus and Virgo. And that's another angle on that um, uh, analytical ability. And the verbal, the verbal acuity, like, like, you know, South Node in Virgo and Mercury conjunct Pluto will, will kind of emphasize that quite a lot. When I look at the South Node ruler as the third step, South Node ruler by sign, South Node's in Virgo, so the ruler is Mercury. What I'm seeing is that person's role, special, special skills and talents that person uh, brings out. Now, the ruler of, uh, Virgo, of course, is Mercury, so Mer Mercury describes him. Well, it's next to Pluto on the midheaven. So he, in fact, in a bunch of lives, carries a Plutonian energy and is a Leo figure. So whether he's a jester or a comedian or a political activist with a strong opinion or um, a cartoonist or an artist in some way, but with a Plutonian 
bent, you know, a plutonian uh, punch wrapped up in there. And um, uh, but but he shows up in many many lives as a public figure. So Pluto's up here, the soul, what the soul intends he he do to become empowered. The South Node is up here. And the Southland Ruler, three out of the three karmic indicators that describe how we make the past into our present and can carry it forward to create the future, making the past into the future. Three out of three things are associated with the Midheaven or the Tenth House. So that that's the setup for what we're going to do with this karmic analysis. That's the setup for really understanding, I would say, three-quarters of the really understanding why – uh, he was the way he was, and why uh, es- you know escapist things leading to addictions really defined certain chapters of his life, and then how in fact depression can catch up to a person with these. So, so we're we're mostly through this story. You know, most astrologers uh, we're mostly through the the technical analysis. Say it that way. Most astrologers are going to look at this, look at a chart, and they're going to say, well, the sun's in Cancer in the ninth, and blah blah blah. blah. And the the moon is in Pisces in the fourth, and that's what this means. And the and the rising is uh, Scorpio, and that's what this means. And um, and uh, that's great. Those are, from my perspective, we have to look at those. And yet, I never look at them first because these are tools of the personality to deal with and to try to navigate and work through all of the stuff that's going on in the deeper layers of the emotional body, where karma is like graffitied all over the place. You know, this is great. That sucks. Uh, I don't do this well. I'm good at this. You know, I don't know if my mom loved me. All those things kind of written on the on the karmic wall, the karmic scribble. All those things are deep in the emotional body. And so sun, moon, rising are elements of personality, tools to try to figure out how to deal with those. So anyway, that's why I didn't start with the primal triad, as many astrologers, many astrologers do. Uh, I mean, if you've been listening to the show a lot, you know – that if the sun, moon, and rising don't fit into the karmic story, I don't even mention them. But it's because in the show I do a lot of overview stuff, overview analysis. So, so that's that's the kind of setup we have. In a bunch of lives, he is out in public. He is being seen by others. He has a reputation. He has to develop one, expressing ambition, create one, and then he has one to maintain and uphold. Um, as Cameron mentioned, we were chatting about him before the show, and Cameron mentioned, you know, it's, he had a lot to live up to. You had a lot to live up to because um, such a camera did say it this way, but just a big public figure and such a, you know, he creates these giant shoes for himself and then he can't deviate. He's got to keep delivering. Uh, but as we age, we change. And in his case, certain things caught up with him as we'll talk about transits to his moon and fourth house and north node. We'll talk about that uh, in a moment. Uh, but shifting to this moon at nine Pisces on 10 degree Pisces north node in the fourth. Now the north node is about something we haven't experienced a lot of in many lives. It's foreign territory. We tend not to want to do it. We don't want to be like those people because we are conditioned to be the opposite. He's conditioned in many lives to do this um, uh, Virgo 10th house thing with the south node there, saturated with Venus and all the different ways that that might happen. And the, the north node in his family is missing, as your north node is missing in your family to some degree. So they can't, your family can't teach it to you. They can't validate it to you. As they're teaching you important life lessons when you're, you know, when you're starting to grow up and you're young and impressionable and you need guidance, they don't know how to do this. So the fourth house north node is about what makes you tick on the inside. And it's not about how things seem, which is a tenth house south node. It's what's really happening 
what you really need, what really makes you happy, what brings you joy, what kind of connection do you need to have a solid emotional foundation? That is always the fourth house, your foundation. So three out of the four things about the karmic story are in the tenth for him or associated with the midheaven. So it's all external. In many, many lives, it's all external. So then when he works through that, he creates the big shoes, he gets well-known, he has this incredible body of work, and he is one of the most beloved entertainers alive. Then what happens? You have to look inside and see what really makes you tick. If you've ever noticed, by the way, the shift uh, that Steve Martin underwent, this is it. It's the same thing. You create this this Pluto and Leo persona, and you do it, and you do it well. Uh, Martin's Pluto and Leo is near the Leo rising, so it's in the first. But, but, but still, the the idea of um, this kind of almost a force of nature, comedic uh, presence, um, you know. But Steve Martin grew up, as did uh, you know, as did um, Robin Williams. And then what happens after that is very telling. So I'm going to uh, put a, a dot 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 there and come back in a couple of minutes to take the second break. I'm Tom Jacobs. This is A Soul's Journey, and I'll be right back. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call Evolutionary Astrologer and Channel... Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life, creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Back to the soul's journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and tonight is a karmic analysis of uh, of Robin Williams. And I've been setting this up by talking about the karmic past and um, saying that you know um, the frenetic, uh, playful, um, 
you know, ahead of the curve comic energy, the person grows up. And then what do you do? So I'm talking about the North Node and the Fourth representing that the inner foundation is not well developed in a bunch of lives. And this is true of everybody with the North Node in the Fourth House. Now, that is one part of it. But then you add to this that Moon is here, the Moon. So that means that Moon is missing from his family in a bunch of lives. Now, in his, in his life. And so they could, his family growing up, when he was growing up, couldn't teach him about Moon. Moon is about happiness, safety and security and needs. And it's one of the, one of the indicators in the chart we look to about nurturing and the soft acceptance of unconditional love, having a soft place to land. Moon in the fourth is wonderful for that, but it's on the north node, so it's missing from his family system. So how do you deal with feelings? Moon in the fourth in Pisces, he's feeling a ton, but he's never taught how to deal with his feelings. He's taught that he can get a lot of attention. He gets it reinforced that he can succeed and get a lot of attention by doing things really well and by, you know, we might look at it in one way, acting out, and then he grows up to be a comedian and, and an actor. But but um, he found out early that he could make people laugh and he could get attention and validation and love through that. So if you're always making people laugh – What's happening in your foundation? Do you invest in that? Do you look at that? So, so this is left out in a bunch of lives, bunch of a bunch of lives. People look at the fourth house and the moon here, and will assume that it's about his mother specifically. And I believe it is, but it can also just be about. It is also about family in general and the 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 family lineage and what gets handed down psychically and energetically and emotionally something's missing about safety security the inner foundation also on this north node at 16 pisces uh still in still in orb of conjuncting the moon uh moon at 9 node at 10 series at 16 is is series retrograde series in pisces the other marker in the chart of nurturing so both markers in the in the chart of nurturing are far away from his family so you know what do you do with emotions what do you do with vulnerability how do you process feelings how do you reach out for personal emotional support this is something that the adult robin williams would need to learn and if you have not been taught that you are unconditionally loved and you have a soft place to land you're going to be on edge. And this is his Virgo 10th house south node and Mercury conjunct Pluto. Uh, Mercury conjunct Pluto and Virgo stuff can end up being a little paranoid because they think too much. These energies can lead one to think too much, say it that way, and get caught in mental cycles. And of course, as I've mentioned, and we've seen in spades, he has turned that, you know, he turned that into a fantastic, uh, successful career. So, how to deal with feelings when you when you sit by yourself in the dark and experience who you are this is an idea i get from my teacher steve forrest who are you not not what you did what you achieved what you aim to do what's in your heart to achieve not what people say about you not what they're paying you to do not what they love that you do not that public validation where you're holding a microphone and under the lights. But when you're by yourself, what makes you tick? What do you feel? Who are you? What do you need? And what Robin Williams was not conditioned in many lives, has not been conditioned to gracefully accept the reality of his inner emotions, his inner, his inner reality. Now, from 
the research I've been doing, I do understand. I mean, I feel it's very clear that in being willing to talk about some of these more difficult experiences, addiction, the, the health issues, some relationship issues and family issues, being willing to talk about some of those things in the way that he did, that I'm reading these transcripts, um, is indicative that he did move into some of this. Then he did explore this um, to look at his feelings and to edge away from that um, kind of like frenetic monkey comic behavior, like frenetic monkey. Like if you look at all humans as monkeys and he's kind of like acting out this this, this crazy manic thing, um, moving away from that and being honest and, and being genuine, you know, that is indicative of him moving into this. But – his relationship with his inner foundation also includes what to do with emotions that you might not know how to process or deal with. So grief is going to be something that he doesn't know how to deal with. Loss, pain, self-judgment may be something that he might not at certain times in life be sure how to deal with. Um, again, one of these things I was reading today indicates that he had come a long way about that. But what I want to talk about with this idea of the emotional foundation is uh, is the depression. So how do you walk into the depth of a feeling you have that isn't happy, and how do you transform that? That's a part of what we rely on family and community, those people who are very close to us, even friends who are like family. This is part of our support network and what people can do for us. What not necessarily one other person, but networks of people can help us do. There are different skills, resources, tools that are spread out among many different people. So not having – like having this moon series on the fourth house north node, you know, is there a soft place to land? Even if he gets to the place where he says, you know what, I'm okay the way I am, still, does he believe there's a soft place to land in a real way? Some people make that their home. Other people make that their family. So anyway, it's uh, in their communities. So anyway, it's just like um, that's this is part of the depression. How can I move through things to create happiness for myself? I'm not saying that all people who have depressive tendencies or who feel that way or are clinically categorized as depressed, um, not just like, you know, your Tuesday was bad, but like depressed. I'm not saying that all those people just need to kind of like sit alone with themselves and decide everything's fine. But there's a, you know, it's, it's more than, you know, an allopathic pathology. It's more than, you know, Western medicine and Western like psychiatry and psychology um, looking at this. This is also over many lives, he has such an emphasis on the outer life that he doesn't know how to deal with the inner life. And even when the adult makes great strides, something may seem missing. One thing that I read that I actually ran out of time, I read it yesterday and started to do some research today to get, find out more, and I didn't, but I'm going to mention it to you because it kind of screams this uh, North Node signature, um, is that while he was raised as a Catholic, his mother practiced uh, Christian science. And I, my jaw kind of dropped because I was already looking at the moon and series, nurturing and care, help and healing. And I was, you know, there, there, it is a fact that, um, Christian science, you know, treats medicine and doctors in a certain way. They get, they give over to the will, they give their over, you know, uh, they surrender to the will of God regarding health and survival. And so there's a certain kind of nurturing that if his mother practiced Christian science, that would have been far away from him. 
and I wanted to do more research on his mother, but I couldn't. Uh, I didn't find anything today other than like an, you know, kind of like um. You know, she was a former model. Like, that's, that's all I could find on her. I, but like I said, I ran out of time to do research. But anyway, um, transiting-wise, over the last few years, Chiron and Neptune have been in this fourth house. Neptune wants you to feel into the 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 morass and the swampiness of um, of all the depths of things in the fourth house, being drawn down into the fourth house to feel what's there. And you can't escape an outer planet transit like a neptune transit uh it's a once in a lifetime event crossing the ic and going into the fourth and it uh, stationed I, it, uh, I believe seven and change which would be within two degrees two ish degrees of that moon is stationed uh in the last couple of months and so neptune coming to his moon may make that deeper feel this you can't escape it surrender get lost in that feeling that sense of not being able to control the depth of your feeling and and so whatever depressive tendencies or you know actual kind of clinical depressive stuff you may have had this got deepened during this transit and chiron already was going over this moon at the same time and went over the north node and now has been kind of dancing around slowly chiron moves you know not that quickly but dancing around that series and so this makes one more sensitive so what was already happening happening regarding his uh, ability to make himself happy or to pull himself out of a pit of emotional stuff was he was being dragged down deep into it Ideally, so that he can analyze it and understand it and be more compassionate with himself and move through things. Uh, but I don't think that ended up happening, obviously. Um, and the other transit to look at is uh, transiting Saturn. Uh, you can't say that, that somebody you know, killed himself because of a transit. But you can look at the kind of effect that transits have and progressions as well that heighten – certain things or push certain buttons and emphasize certain energies so saturn has been transiting through his first house and uh and squaring that pluto mercury midheaven and uh, saturn saturn crossing the ascendant can feel weighty it's already a scorpio ascendant uh already perhaps uh you know somewhat moody or sometimes morose or something like that um and uh you know one of the things about all this external stuff and the karmic symbols is um that your needs can get lost. And so Neptune Chiron transiting your moon series in the fourth and on the north node, and then Saturn crossing your ascendant puts attention on you. Saturn's the inescapable brick wall of reality where it's saying like the taskmaster, you cannot escape this, who you are and what you're feeling. And so that Scorpio ascendant would start to come out even more, but then he would feel it and he would feel a weight, you know, um, a heaviness about this. Uh, Saturn's on my son right now, and I have felt this. I've, as I mentioned earlier in the show with the subscription service and the, and the charged crystals, I've attempted to introduce some structure, you know, to work with that. Um, but that's, you know, Saturn in a second on my son, and this is Saturn crossing the ascendant. There's this weight that can descend, and if somebody is already depressed, it can make it really, really bad. And squaring the Pluto Mercury, um, kind of um, starting to shut you up is one of the effects that can happen with that. So, um, you know, there's stuff in his chart I haven't talked about. You know, Jupiter on Aries in the fifth for a, a, a quick-witted comedian is is, is wonderful. Um, I didn't talk about, you know, a bunch of things in his chart. Mars conjunct Uranus in a T-square with Jupiter and uh, 
and uh, and Neptune, Jupiter in the fifth, Neptune in the eleventh. Um, but I do want to mention that over the last few years, his progressed sun has gone over his natal Saturn at almost 28 Virgo in the eleventh, and that's also the the need to confront reality, and that can that can it's a call to incorporate. Uh, Saturn into your personality, but if you are depressed, if you are depressive, then uh, that can make it a little heavier. Now, all that said, he didn't kill himself because of these things. All that said, he killed himself because he chose to do so. And I'm encouraging you again to uh, check out Healing Suicide, whether in, in Kindle or the, the PDF free on my site, and the 68-minute uh, MP3. It's really worth setting aside some time and listening to and separately reading it. Really worth that time. If you know anybody who uh, who has you know been affected by it or has done that, or if you've um, thought about it or, or tried to do that, attempted, uh, this is an incredibly important thing to understand that we are here to learn about the power of choice. And in fact, we can do anything we want to ourselves, but everything about our lives is intended by soul, which is goddess and God, to, to help us go from fear into love. If we fear our feelings, if we fear the universe, if we fear what life is going to do to us, if we have a bad relationship with divinity or God or whatever word you use, if you feel under attack, if you can't understand the point of your experiences as manifestations of your energy field to help you learn how to make choices to go from fear into love, then uh, you, you, know, you may be depressive. You may have a weird relationship with yourself and not love yourself genuinely. Now, how do you love yourself? How do you get there? Uh, this is a complex process. I do work with people on this all the time to translate that in their day-to-day lives. And also these daily calls in August, the energy work, uh, is really helping people clear out crap from their field, and I want you to call in for that. And um, you know, whatever your issue is, it's a relationship issue, a money issue, a job issue, a self-confidence, life path, a health issue, all these things can be positively affected by this. So Everything I'm trying to do is to try to teach you how to make choices to go from fear into love, and this is what your soul is trying to get you to figure out. So that's the uh, that's the story on Robin Williams. Of course, there are many things I could talk about. I didn't even mention uh, Chiron in the second house, uh, Quincunxing his son, or Square the Saturn. Like that's a story too. But anyway, um, thank you for joining me on the soul's journey. Uh, I'm really excited to be doing the daily energy work and to uh, be teaching all these things I'm doing. And check out the six videos, too, explaining things after the calls. And you can see what kind of state I'm in progressively from uh, day one up through day 12. Uh, doing, recording those videos, I'm getting clearer and more grounded and happier uh, as the month goes on. And I want to share that with you, too. So thanks for joining me. You can read about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and support the show. Send me a donation if you like what you hear and you want to help keep it on the air and help keep it going strong. Thank you, and I'll talk to you uh, live again next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.